We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome on into Drinks with Binks. We have an exciting episode today with Cassidy Hubbard from ESPN. You know her from NBA Sidelines, College Football and ABC, and being the digital queen of ESPN's hoop streams. Together we talked about NBA, playoff predictions, and the memory of Kobe Bryant. We sipped on a London Fog Latte, which I'm a big fan of, just like this conversation we had, which I think you'll really enjoy. Come on in. This is Drinks with Binks. I'm, of course, Julie Stewart Binks. And every week we are so thrilled to be able to welcome in someone from the sports world, entertainment world, whatever it may be. And I'm very excited that not only is our next guest someone who is very well known in the sports TV sphere, they're also one of my friends. And we have ESPN broadcaster Cassidy Hubbard with us today. And we haven't seen each other in a oh, while. I'm like watching you on the television, like cheering <laughs> you on. I'm like, yeah, Julie, I made it. I'm on TV. Um, I like this move, by the way. I've seen you do that move. That's the yeah, it's you. Just like, and like the mouth open, it's like good. not really looking cool at all. No, it's just like that's my your playbook. Cool. Your cool is. Thank you. Very cool. Well, your cool is super cool. And there's so many things I want to get into, especially, can we just take a moment to acknowledge your jumpsuit that you have oh, on, which is look, badass. Do a JLo jean fit once in a while. Uh, yeah. I'm going to do a J-Lo no. jean fit once in a while. Also, I actually wore a J-Lo jean fit to my homecoming dance um, with full-on braids. It's on the internet somewhere. But that was the, we'll that was the style it. at the time. So. It's always the style. Yeah, okay. J-Lo's okay. always in. She, I mean, she technically is always in. She's <laughs> just like this immortal zombie. But you also have <laughs> these, these cool uh, kicks on as well. And, and I also wore some cool shoes <laughs> because you're here today and never wear these shoes. But I was like, Why? those are great. I don't know. Easy on, easy off. Okay, maybe on, you can, zip off. Can you help me with these uh, viewers? I'm wearing these shoes. I don't, they look like they're almost like not done. Okay, but uh, obviously, you know, <laughs> Virgil Abloh actually made that cool. Okay. Off-white? Have you heard of yes. off-whites? Yeah, okay. yeah, 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 off-whites. That's, that's, that's like a accent that he uses in a lot in of the designs. The one yes. that's not, it looks like it's still in the factory. Correct. Okay, Correct. we were trying to figure this out ahead of time. Like what, because... Those aren't off-whites though. No, these are not off-whites. And also... But you got it. You got, got it? accents there. Yeah, look, and the fact that it makes me look like... If you're comfortable in in those shoes, I'm not at that's all. what makes <laughs> I am wildly uncomfortable in these shoes because they look like, they actually look, it looks like I'm wearing them on the wrong sides of my feet. 
<laughs> Anyways, look, I'm actually cool. mildly uncomfortable too. As much as I love J's, um, I think people who wear J's like maybe sacrilegious to say, but you know I'm telling the truth. Like they're uncomfortable. Really? Why? Um, but they're still. I mean, you know, like pain is beauty. Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, because like, they hit in the back, oh. especially ones. They're high. They like it, they're just not constructed in a way that's like. But so many people wear them. You think that that would be something they change, like make them more comfortable. The running no, shoes. No, these are. Um, it's fashion. Yes, and they're like classic. You can't change the. You can't change the design <laughs> of a Jordan a more one. <laughs> like, this is the first ever shoe that Jordan wore. The, the bands. Okay. Um, anyways, enough about No, this. I like that. Okay, because we have uh, a lot of people were curious about the, the sneaker culture and everything that you know about it. Yeah, and I'm not a sneakerhead, though. I will okay. not say that I am, a, I, but I enjoy and I appreciate sneaker culture and I love sneakers. I host a sneaker show, but yeah. sneaker heads at this point, like, you have to really earn that title. You have to follow it all the way back to... Um, oh, the history. The history of it, yes. And yes, spend yes. probably a lot of money as yes, well. You, and then, like, it, yes and understand like how how much the sneaker culture has grown with like you know the second market and mm. I, it, it I'm interested but I'm not it's that like invested college class at this point well we are yes. gonna talk to you, a you bit I know about you've it. seen all these know. lines of little kids waiting outside of like supreme yeah. and like you know and met like grown men and yes. women that have like 150 pairs of shoes just I don't know. It's it's stressful, but it's it cool. Is and that's, stressful. It, it yeah, is stressful. but that's I guess what the world we live in now. So just gotta lean into it. Um, speaking of leaning into it, we drink on the show. Yeah. And what is a drink we're drinking today, Cass? Okay. Wait, I kind of have like a London theme going on right now. Yeah. But um, I don't drink coffee, um, but I drink a tea. So I'm a little I'm a little bit of um, a spaz when it comes to like making sure I have the like one drink. There's only one drink that like gives me a boost. Okay. Or like. And it has to be, um, I don't know if we can say like brands, but yeah, it has to be a Starbucks. How basic bitch I am right now. <laughs> has to be a Starbucks London Fog tea latte with soy milk. Okay. And this is how I'm going to die. Like, I know it. Like, I'm either going to die from the soy milk at um, yeah, Starbucks or my, um, my gel manicures that I get um, over it. Like, <laughs> That's how I'm dying. I already know because like those are my vices that I just have just accepted. But you haven't gotten sick of it yet. Like I feel no, it's the only thing that can wake me up. Even if a fake don't get don't take me to like Tasso tea or I mean I don't even know what yeah, like other tea David's shops are. Tea. Like I, yeah. don't give me like a random Earl Grey tea. It has to be whatever kind of magic poison Starbucks gives. Um, and they're like it's a combination of the Earl Grey tea, the soy milk that they have, and the massive amounts of sugar in it that like wakes me up okay i think you're gonna be wildly disappointed with our london fog but i don't know i'm just gonna put I'm gonna in low it. expectations because wait okay yeah 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 get in there get in there this Can is your there? this is your 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 crack it's perfect well sort of it's good enough for the the london fog master yeah i yeah, know i mean it's it this is not starbucks though right i don't know is it it is starbucks it is Starbucks. So that was a is test. It sugar-free vanilla or? <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm nope, a psycho. It's not sugar-free I'm a, vanilla. I'm a, I'm a psycho when it comes to this. But this is how I, like, I can't, I have, I used to judge people who walked out of Starbucks's with, like, a venti. Mm-hmm. But then I had a kid and it was like, now I get it. Now I get it. Now you get it. This is quite sweet, though, I will say. It's very sweet. I yeah. told you, this is how I'm dying. You like. Okay, good. She likes the sweetness. 
It's okay. And then also, Sometimes it t like I try to tell people, it kind of sort of tastes like Fruit Loops. Mm. But this yeah. one, do you, does I it? I can taste does it. it. Okay. Taste it. Um, and it just gets me. Just a I'm gonna warm glass of Fruit Loop milk. Really is what it is. <laughs> but you also brought us a oh, right. present here. So when you alcohol. asked me like, what do we want to drink? And I was like, and you were like, you can have anything, tea or alcohol. And I'm like. Well, can I? Because I'm such a, I, I'm like in this box of, you know, you're a journalist. Like, you can't ever be shown drinking alcohol. Oh, yeah. No. But um, journalists do not drink. drink. We alcohol. do not drink. Um, but I've been, I was like trained, you know, I'm a, I was like part of the Facebook generation where like, yeah. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah. like I, from the, from the get go, I was like, don't put any compromising photos of yourself yeah, no photo on of you social drinking. media. And so I've just, it's been in my mind. So that's why I said, all right, let's just do tea. But then I was like, well, I'm going to come off lame. And I want to come off lame on I Julia's know, I could show. sense that you, you harbored a little bit of that I did. stress. So, but this is my drink though. It's, um, I like a gin and tonic and I like monkey 47 gin. Okay. which is a dry London gin and it has oh. um, like a uh, it's like a, um, some sort of elderflower I don't know very so nice it's very just a smell very it fancy just smell it just okay. you just are you're, I, I like how into drinks you are like you have all your little quirks mm, that is quite nice isn't it yeah okay. it's a nice it's I nice brought gin, it from which home. we are drinking too, but who knows? Maybe we will taste test it later. Okay. Um, we also didn't want to get her in trouble because you know she's part of the big mothership ESPN. <laughs> we don't want them to be like, "Oh, Cassie got drunk on your show." Julie's like, uh, "No, no, there's I swear there's no alcohol in here." <laughs> right. So if she says anything crazy, it's her fault. Uh, but she won't because we don't let people do that on the show unless you are Michael Smith. <laughs> He's no longer. Love you, Michael. All right, okay, let's move on. What are we toasting to, Cass? Oh, you can we toast to oh, you? I don't know. And your show? Uh, sure. Okay. Yes. All right. Well, and us thanks. being and reunited because yes. the last time I saw you was a very had... different circumstance. <laughs> you didn't have your own show, uh -huh. and now I'm sitting on a couch of your own show. I had nothing at that time. Getting <laughs> London fog high yes. with you. This is what happened. We are doing this. Okay. That is awesome. Um, and but one good thing about that you're toasting to in your life, though, oh. Cass. Um, oh. Okay. Uh, family. My sure yeah well, well family <laughs> that's <laughs> that's family that's great love. i mean look my my career is going great but it's always comes back to the family especially after i mean not to bring a debbie downer but like after watching um you know the memorial yesterday yeah uh i just like immediately just wanted to like hold my uh 14 month old daughter so oh. i guess yeah cheers to you know having supportive friends and loved ones around mm -hmm. you and yeah, and being on your show, I'm so yes, excited. Yes, um, and Cass, you've been able to handle it all with career and family, and we're gonna get into a whole lot more when we see you guys on the other side of this break on Drinks With Thinks. Welcome on back to Drinks with Binks. We've got ESPN broadcaster Cassidy Hubbard on the couch with us here today. And Cass, you are all over the place. We're right in the middle of the NBA season, as yes. you mentioned. You do sideline reporting. You also host hoop streams. What is sort of like your week like on a regular basis right now? Because you also do college football in the college football season. Yeah. Um, so typically I would uh, host a, no, excuse me, I would do sidelines during the week, like a Wednesday game maybe a Friday game. So I would fly out there the day before so I could go to practice or shoot around, make sure I'm there in the morning on uh, on a Wednesday morning for shoot around and then I'd do the game um, on Wednesday night. And then I would fly either Saturday morning or Friday night to um, 
do my Saturday night primetime hoop streams, which is our pregame show mm -hmm. um, on YouTube, Twitter, and the ESPN app leading into our primetime games. We've been doing it all year um, into like our biggest matchups like we did Clippers Lakers on Christmas Day um, but m we mainly try to showcase our Saturday night primetime matchups and it's doing so well hoop streams like whenever Thanks. I see it on features on ESPN or on Twitter like the numbers you guys are getting are through the roof like it's insane what yeah. has why has it worked so well um, I think it's just a sign of the times too it's seeping into an area of viewership that um, really kind of speaks to how people are, are consuming sports media. It's, you know, not as many people are sitting down in front of their televisions or on the go and streaming um, and, you know, on Twitter following storylines. And, you know, our show pops up in your timeline. Our show pops up in the ESPN app if you're looking at, at scores or if, you know, you're on YouTube. Um, that I, I think our show finds you instead of mm -hmm. you having to find um, our show on it's TV. Like, boom, here we are. Yeah. Like, you can't. You can't not right. watch us. And so, like, and I think also the look of it popping up, like, live video in your timeline, it, it interests people to figure out, oh, what are they doing? Because we're on the court or, you know, LeBron's, like, working, working out behind us. And that kind of atmosphere makes you want to, you know, be a part of it. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it's really helpful that we're on site and, you know, bringing that energy, that live energy of, of the arena to, to viewers. And it's, like, not we're very loose we're just kind of mm -hmm. talking ball um and i i think people are more accustomed to that type of feel that uh, that podcast feel as yeah. we are just kind of having a good conversation as opposed to very structured because we have no commercials it's just 30 right, minutes nonstop. and during the during the playoffs and finals is an hour nonstop. Mm. okay so you you've had these very traditional experiences with hosting culture ball on abc mm -hmm. and then doing sideline reporting which are uh, you know, are incredible jobs from a network standpoint, of course. And then you do the digital side. How yeah. has it made, how has the digital side helped you evolve as a broadcaster? Well, I mean, digital and social has really defined my career. Um, we were talking in the break about, you know, I was in college uh, when Facebook launched and um, I graduated uh, from Northwestern in 2007. That was just after Twitter launched. And, um, Actually, one of my first jobs I got out of college, I worked on um, what's what was called Sprint Exclusive Entertainment. This was a time when it was like uh, flip phones. So there was not smartphones, but we were creating uh, digital content for um, for Sprint users. So it was like on demand. You had to like, you know, click through. But we would pop up with two to three minute videos about sports stories, entertainment stories, music stories. Wow. So it was ahead of its time. Um, but then, you know, the market crashed and... Uh, Sprint lost a lot of money and then I got laid off but that was like one of my first jobs and then my next big role on air I worked as a social media reporter so this during this time this is when Twitter was really starting to right. pick up people are starting to understand it um, you know more Facebook was established but I think people were engaging with it in a new way not just like sharing pictures um, and so I was hired as a social media reporter for SEC gridiron live uh, for Fox Sports South in Atlanta where I basically like you know this sounds archaic now but I was just reading tweets on air um, and uh, engaging and creating my own show within the show uh, on Facebook. So 
from there, that's when I was hired by ESPN for ESPN3, which is a whole other aspect of digital media, which was streaming a simulcast of our college football games and college basketball games and NBA games where you would see Reese Davis on the desk on TV. But if you watched on your computer, um, you would see me and Christian Fourier mm -hmm. um, hosting halftime. So I'm telling you my whole resume right now, just to give you an understanding that like, I am a product of, of great timing, I think, but also a, um, a passion and desire to learn how this business has evolved. Um, but it just, I just happened to evolve with it um, because of, you know, it just happened to be at the exact same time um, media was changing and growing horizontally uh, with social media and digital media. And from there on, I mean, I've always had a, had a digital presence at ESPN from ESPN3 and then even when I hosted NBA Tonight, a big part of NBA mm -hmm. Tonight was following NBA Twitter. Being part of uh, NBA Tonight around that time is when NBA Twitter kind of blew up. So it was just a, a good mix of timing and really like following and, and, and understanding and being active on social media, I think has helped me in my journey to now hosting the show where I kind of feel like finally, I think, people have come around to respect digital media I mean, there was times early on in my career where I was told well you're just a digital talent mm -hmm. and there was a stigma attached to it I think there's still a lot of learning that has to you know happen from um, a lot of people making decisions that like digital media and I think they understand it but there's it, there's something to you know we're all kind of learning as we go about the the reach um, that digital media, media has um, with young people, with, you know, our age and yeah. our older people. But um, I'm just glad I've been along for the ride for it, for sure. Yeah, I mean, what a, what a great avenue to have started in and to just mm -hmm. sort of, as you mentioned, like grow with it, evolve mm -hmm. with it, and it to be sort of just like part of, of who you are in this industry. Because a lot of people trying now to sort of bring what they've done in TV into the digital sphere and, and try to capitalize on that. And as you mentioned, the the thoughts and opinions of sometimes people older or higher above us in a network thinking, just oh, who, this who, is... Who didn't have the same experience right, yeah, with it. I mean, it's... my whole career has been digital media. Mm -hmm. And so, I, I mean, as much as I, I can't hold it against other people who d can't fully understand it like I do because that's not what their experience has been. So, right, yeah. Um, yeah, it's just learning and evolving. Yeah. And so you've seen so much of how, where it's come from. You're really at the precipice of digital sports media right now. Where does it go? I think that's the challenge that every network has. Um, we're all trying to figure out how to continue to reach more and more people when there's so many options out there for people to uh, consume or digest sports media. I mean, I even feel like sitting down and watching games, like I am a hoop head, I cover the league, I'm paid to cover the league, but there are times where like I will follow stories and what's happening on social and, you know, instead of like, watching the 12 different games on a night like I'll watch one game and then be like all right well I could just see on social what Giannis or um, LeBron did that night because I need to get to bed mm -hmm. something like that and and so I think understanding those trends and trying to not change people's habits but to kind of grow with them I think that's the task that we have right now in sports media um, and you know I don't know what that is I think that's just I think that's like what we've been trying to <laughs> determine for you know the last decade I, I i think we're in such a 
time with technology that we don't even know what, what it's going to be like in two years. I mean, what the hell was TikTok a year ago? And now yeah. it's like, I still don't really, know I don't really know either. either. And I think that's a sign yeah. that I may have reached like my point of growing with like, social media. I think I'm trying maybe like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I had to interview some like TikTok um, celebrities during the celebrity all-star game. And I think I went over to them and was like, howdy doody kids. Yeah. What kind of content are you guys going to be working on an all-star <laughs> Yeah, you're like interviewing influencers I, now I because they're like but it, celebrities. But they, but they, they have a mm-hmm. voice, and for young people who have grown up living on their devices, um, you have to find a way to reach them and make them interested in, you know, um, and dedicated to uh, your content, your yeah. your sport, like this, this, the the leagues. Right. Um, I know. And I also think like leagues are we're in a time with sports where a lot of people are gravitating towards specific athletes like celebrities yes yeah well Um, you're you're in a great spot for that because the nba has been perfect for cultivating you know followings around these celebrities and superstars on the court and i think if anything you guys have shown with hoop streams like a model that is uh you know can work and so that's something a proof of concept if you will yeah. for then being able to bring it elsewhere so we're going to talk a whole lot more about that and Cassidy when we come back on Drinks with Things. guys welcome on back to drinks with banks we've been discussing a lot about nba and cassidy's career with espn and beyond and being a part of the digital sphere and as it pertains to nba uh, adam silver and the league has really leaned into uh, social media nba twitter really bringing these stars to life and we we look at at adam silver as sort of you know, a demigod in the world of, of commissioners and how he's handled himself. What do you think is like the biggest thing that he's done that other leagues and commissioners should sort of be aware of? Well, I mean, I think it comes down to how much he's empowered players so that, you know, they, they are forward facing. You do feel like it's, it's their league, which could be good and bad. Um, but because, you know, we, as we see in free agency and people mm-hmm. holding out and choosing to force their way out, there's, there's a point of like having too much power. But I, I just I think that that idea of, of, of empowering your employees, I think, just overall creates a great um, environment, working environment. I think it's some people may find that strange to talk about the NBA like it's like a, a corporation or like a like a, a company, but it is. Um, so he, he's just a fantastic leader and a good communicator, um, not just with his employees, but I think with the public as well. Uh, he's transparent. I mean, one of his first roles as commissioner is how he swiftly handled the Donald Sterling situation that sends a message. Um, you know, that hatred is unacceptable. And I think he's, communication to me is the single most important uh, quality you need to have as a leader. And um, I think that trickles down to um, the, the, the players feeling empowered to have their own voice, mm-hmm. which only grows the league um, by them growing outside of the league as well. Uh, so, yeah, I, I mean, there's that. And then also just the way that he has uplifted the sport by making sure that 
you know, they're allowed to market themselves in a, in a, in a greater way. And even just like events like the All-Star Weekend, it was fantastic. Um, you know, seeing just the production that they put on, uh, the tributes to Kobe, um, even even when we saw yesterday during the um, the Kobe Memorial, all those all those legends together uh, memorializing, you know, one of the greatest legends of the game. I just feel like I don't know if there's another league where you could you could feel that type of community. And I think um, David Stern was a big part of changing the league and growing it into an international game. And um, you know, having the the players come together in, in many ways. And I just think that Adam Silver has taken it up a notch by fostering these, um, the personalities uh, and, and bringing those to the forefront in their in their marketing and advertising for the league. And I just I, I just think it's a, it's in a great community and you can see it and it's a family. And we definitely saw that yesterday with the support um, with players who had games yesterday. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they, they wanted to make sure that they were there to pay their respects and just show that like, you know, we're, we're we're in this together and then you know no matter what so I, I just I'm very proud to be even a small part of this league I, I've been a fan of the NBA since I was a little girl I mean I'm from Chicago I grew up during the Jordan era so it's kind of in my blood um, and I'm just I think it's in a really good place uh, and you know the, there's so many stars on the horizon too so I mean there was a little time where I was a little worried like who's going to be able to pick up the slack of LeBron because LeBron has been such a massive force not just for the NBA but for ESPN and for TNT um, you know he is like the single biggest ratings like driver but I just I like guys like Luca and Zion and um, Ja Morant, like this league's in a really, really good place when it comes to stars, so. Yeah, I mean, there's so many different levels and layers of positivity with the NBA, and it's so great to hear you speak so passionately about it and, and have that relationship with the league and the players and that viewpoint on Adam Silver. And I mean, I'm not trying to, to rain on that parade, but the idea that what would be the next step for the NBA and for Adam Silver if they needed to improve on something because sometimes when something's so good and, and so much better than other things we tend to not really put it under any criticisms but do, what do you think would be the next i don't step? know there's always talk of like tweaks to the schedule if we, we need to tweak the playoffs and that's another thing it's like you see this with with with, with the mbas they're constantly like trying things out um you know uh, that's why we have the G League and that's why we have Summer League to test these little things like the challenge or, mm -hmm. um, you know, we're reseeding of the playoffs or even what what they did with the All-Star game. I mean, I was one who was like clowning the changes. <laughs> I'm like, come again? What is going on? I know, and like, like, what does this I, mean? We I, don't get what it? How, like, what, do I have to do division now? Like, <laughs> why am I adding things up during this game? But it turned out to be great. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, they have the courage to to try things, to see if it, if it improves Proves the product, um, and I think that's it. They, they're not complacent as well, and it'd be as successful this league is. It's they're not complacent, and I think again that points to leadership. What are you watching uh, in the second half of the season? A lot of things, obviously, start and end with the LA teams. Um, you know, LeBron, like that would be an incredible story if the Lakers were to win. Obviously, in mm -hmm. in, in memory of Kobe, but really, I, when it comes to out east. The Sixers are a bit of a mess, um, but, you know, 
they you could argue that they have the most talent um, on their roster. So can they figure it out in the playoffs when when talent really um, rules all? Um, and then the Bucks, like they could be the third team um, with 70 wins. Like and I want them to be more. It's just that no one re- like is paying attention to them. Yes, obviously everyone knows that Giannis is the MVP and is fantastic, but. It's going to come down to can they um, can they do it in the playoffs? Um, so that's going to be interesting. The East race is is going to be, um, I, I, you know, there's so it can go so many different ways. Yeah, it can go so many different ways. And then really, the West, you could say that too, but it, like it's going to center around Staples Center. Um, yeah, I mean the Clippers just have like so much depth and not to mention Kawhi and Paul George and they haven't been healthy all year um and then the Lakers I mean LeBron and AD uh, he LeBron's never had anyone like Anthony Davis sure Dwayne Wade but like there's just it's a different type of chemistry between him and Anthony Davis and um I will I just will not bet against LeBron James um Especially in a year that almost seems destined as you mentioned I don't know it's just sports like it always just feels like that story always comes to life when there's mm-hmm. like when, when something happens. I don't know, like when the Red Sox after the, the Boston Marathon, it was just like I just I, it does feel that. Yeah, <laughs> that just like way. a greater power is sort of a play and, and yeah. a motivation for the city. Yeah. And we're going to talk about that um, when we come back after the break on Drinks with Thinks. Welcome on back to Drinks with Binks. I'm JSB, and we have ESPN's Cassidy Hubberth joining us here, sipping on a little London Fog. Yeah. And we were just discussing... Say it with your chest. London Fog. Yeah, I was like, say it, how? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, London Fog. You know, it's... It's it. It's like that weather that happens in... London. Blighty, yeah. Okay, yeah. great. I'm glad we... Comforting. We debriefed that. Uh, no alcohol, though. Don't worry, ESPN. But <laughs> we um, we were discussing the Lakers. We were discussing, you know, kind of what's going on down the stretch in the NBA second half of the season. And it would be remiss for us not to discuss, obviously, what you've already touched on, but the tribute to yeah. Kobe Bryant and his daughter Gianna on Monday that this happened, which, of course, was in light of their tragic death that just happened recently. And it was a very emotional tribute, you know, many different people involved, including Michael Jordan, which mm-hmm. was very interesting to kind of see a little bit more into the relationship that he had yeah. you know you grew up you said as a bulls fan what was it like seeing him talk about kobe i mean we don't see jordan talk ever and 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 actually be vulnerable like that um i mean i think everyone can remember his hall of fame speech <laughs> you know he's uh he's confident uh, slash arrogant and that's michael jordan that's what made him great but um i think the way that he shared you know, how Kobe was just relentless in learning from from Jordan and like to a point where Jordan, I tweeted this out, like it like irritated him to the point where he couldn't help but fall in love with him. And, that, and like even Jordan, like saying he was such a he was so annoying. He was so irritating. But like you felt like you were inside that friendship and you saw it. You saw even in, in the way that he kind of like 
walked us through the the good joke with the you know the jordan meme which was mm -hmm. pitch perfect he delivered it perfectly but you know he he closed that up by saying like this is what he did to me you know he got through to me um and he he made me he affected me and you know seeing this guy who um you know is this who everyone holds as uh, um, one of the greatest of all time, if if not uh, the greatest, and as a competitor, um, and who we all knew that Kobe idolized and um, you know mimicked his game after. You could see just in sometimes early in his career the way he talked, the way his his, his movements. Um, it just it, it all that whole memorial yesterday was just you know they the people who knew him and loved him like truly personally doesn't doesn't owe the public anything but you know it was such a healing um and an emotional experience because you just felt like you got to know him a little bit more mm -hmm. um as a person um not just as the guy that we saw wearing the the eight and the two four and you know it, uh, of course it was incredibly sad but there was that that's what it was it was a celebration of like how special he truly was um which was not something that like even as covering the nba um you know with his final years like i even looked at him that you know that way even when he won his oscar i'm like why did he win this oscar for <laughs> for dear basketball did he just win it like you know because he's kobe bryant but then watching dear basketball after that i mean granted like i have a different perspective on it but it was truly beautiful um and that I think that's just what I kind of learned is that you really just can't like the people are so much more, especially like famous people, um, than what they're presented like mm -hmm. in front of you. And, you know, you, you should give people the benefit of the doubt always. You don't know what struggles you're going through. You don't know um, how complex they are. And I just, you know, what we learned so much about this guy and how much he um went out of his way to make other people better. Um, those the people he loved, he invested in other people. And I think Jimmy Kimmel had a great line to like sum up the whole day. It was just like, work hard and support those you love. And I think that's, those are two great, um, you know, messages uh, for, to learn from Kobe's life. Yeah, we all learned so much about him. And as you mentioned, just getting the insights and, and humanizing uh, a superhero that so many of us saw him as, whether you liked him, whether you didn't, he was larger than life. And you've been, you've covered this entire experience yeah. from when the news broke to, of course, the tribute this week. Being in the arenas and being around the players, what has that been like? I mean, it's been hard. I, I think it's um, anytime you deal with with grief, whether you're experiencing it yourself or you are trying to comfort those around you, um, you know, it's hard. It's, you don't everyone deals with it differently. So to try to predict the right things to say, um, you know, it, it's uh, it's it's hard. I, I think the biggest lesson I think I've learned in dealing with people and dealing with grief myself is just try to be um, as true to your feelings as possible. Um, and so, you know, I, like you said, I, when the news broke, I was getting ready to go into the studio. I was assigned to host what we call raps, which is pregame, halftime, and postgame um, of the Pelicans Celtics game. So it was supposed to be like five minutes. Mm -hmm tops television you know pre-game halftime it's not that long um but then as i was getting ready i got a call from our good friend diana rossini who you know is always on top of every breaking news story regardless so she calls me she goes is this is this is this true i go what are you talking about she goes kobe's dead 
and I, immediately I put her on speaker and I start scrolling and I don't see it. So I think, I don't know where she, where she saw it first and then all of a sudden I saw it on TMZ. And I'm like, oh my God, I start freaking out and I keep scrolling trying to hope that it was wrong, that not wishing, looking for another outlet to confirm it, but wishing that I didn't find it. And then, you know, I was in the um, bedroom with my husband with her would die on the phone and he just looks at me and he goes you got to get to work and you got to focus on on um you know uh, on what's ahead of you right now and so what i did i i mean i talked to her die through it on my way to the to the office and then she actually gave me a good idea to call bob lee um and and just ask him like how he's dealt with you know stories like this i mean he's been working for espn for over i don't even know 35 years so he's handled I mean this is one of the biggest stories mm -hmm. of all time but he's handled so many different stories and I called him and he goes look there's, there's two things you just need to focus on here is focusing on delivering the facts and then when it comes to gathering perspective just make sure you're comfortable with what you're saying mm -hmm. and so I know it sounds very simplistic but like my head was racing a million miles an hour um, you know like I, I didn't even have time to like feel sad about it. I just was like so in shock mm -hmm. um, and trying to gather the information, make sure that things were correct. And so getting onto the set, you know, I've been, I have been um, way more nervous in way less important situations, but I felt, I feel like I just, I felt like, all right, I just need to make sure I'm accurate and, um, you know, figure out what, what's going on here today because you're part of, you know, delivering some news to some people who may have not heard mm -hmm. this yet. So that was an in, in, intense day. Um, I think, um, you know, it is a day I wish I never had to, to be a part of, but, um, right. I'm glad that I was able to have a clear head and and um, be able to deliver the news um, for 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 some people that day. And then through the week, you know, I had to interview Kyrie Irving, um, and I don't know if Ky Kyrie was um, one of like Kobe. Kobe, and many times said if he had one mentee um, that you know he had a, the closest relationship to would be Kyrie. And, he, and as we could tell, you know, so many young players have come out and said how Co Kobe was a mentor, how he went out right. of his way. But he himself said that Kyrie's a mentee. There's been so many players who have, who have really yeah. talked about his, his depth and his breadth of, of being a mentor. And I definitely want to get yeah. to that. We just have to take a quick break. More on Drinks With Things after this. I'm Grant Wall, and I've had drinks with Binks. Welcome back to Drinks with Binks. We've got ESPN's Cassidy Hubbard here. We've been talking about a whole bunch of different topics, and I want to get back into some more NBA because it's exciting, of course. And, okay, I'm going to put you on the spot. Hey. Let's do some, like, tighter, little quick back and forth. But for the Bucks, do they win the Eastern Conference? Yes. Okay. And the Bucks are going to face who in the finals? Or Eastern Conference finals? Uh, God, man, my pick 
to come out was the Sixers, but I'm going to go with the Celtics. What? How come? How come in the Celtics? Because the trajectory that Jason Tatum is on right now, I, I mean, ever since he was named an all-star, it's like he is he is venturing towards superstardom, and Kemba Walker is not even um, healthy right now. And I feel like they have a nice chemistry. Um, they're a good defensive team. Um, they, I, I, they have depth, and I think the Sixers are a mess. Now, granted, uh, the Heat couldn't make some noise but I, I think it's gonna be Celtics Bucks in the Eastern Conference you, Finals. Uh, you just like forgot a team I think like maybe. Oh you s- remind you. You're absolutely um. right and you know what bring all of, like flood my mentions. <laughs> flood my Tro- mentions. Toronto Raptors. Yes uh, but that's a little team. You're right you're absolutely well, right. I would have I am a jackass. At, no no okay I wouldn't have brought it up and, and I. No you know, I that you know what that was up. like a microcosm of being Canadian in no, the NBA. Like the, um, yes, somebody like, oh, forgetting about like, that's exactly the Raptors right. that are also the defending yes, champions. Yes, yes, so the second team in the East. Yeah, I'm I'm an asshole. I don't know. I don't know what else to say other than, like, Pascal Siakam, who's going to be your go-to guy mm-hmm. um, in the playoffs. Look, Nick Nurse deserves Coach of the Year. Kyle Lowry is my favorite player in the NBA. Oh, um, how come? Because all the way back to like when I was an amateur reporter, he always showed me ultimate respect, gave me great answers, like looked me in the eye, treated me like a person, and he's um, he's been that way ever since. So I've he's all he, no one's gonna knock him off because love that he's just been he was that person for me early on, um, and I don't know. Julie, I wish I had a, like more. You know what? I'm only bringing it up because I don't have a good answer. Listen to ESPN Daily yes. with Mina and Doris Burke on there. Then yes. on Bill Simmons podcast, everyone's talking about the Raptors. This isn't just a JSP no, 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 no. Thing. You're right. You're absolutely right. People are on the Raptors train because they've been able to do it without Kawhi, and a lot of their guys have been injured. Yes, figuring out a way to get done. Yes, of course, all of these things. I feel like I'm like a kid, <laughs> and it's like, yay, your Raptors are good. Okay, now let's go let like the big yeah. boys play. I think it's. I think if there's like a. I hope. I hope they surprise people because I think that would change the way people view um, superstardom in the NBA. They won it last year okay? with Col- with one of the biggest stars okay. in the NBA, yeah. and he. I just feel like tr- I just feel like Toronto's still like uphill battle the whole time. Okay, uh, you kind there of there is there is yeah it's whatever it's just it's just like another day in the life of being no, a foreigner I- in this country whatever. <laughs> um, but you kind of flinched when you said the Bucks to win the East. Why? Well, because um we saw last year with Giannis um. You know, if you shut down Giannis, then you pretty much shut down that team. And when you play, when it when it comes to the playoffs, you know, like and you're playing the same team over and over again, and the defensive schemes, like. I hope that they can do well in the playoffs because I think it will help the NBA's claim that the regular season um, matters. Mm-hmm. Because if they win 70 games and then then they get bounced like in the first or second round, I think that's going to be a tough sell. Would be tough. And then if the Clippers somehow ended up pulling it off, and as you mentioned, like Paul George and Kawhi have played together like five times or something yeah. this year, then it'll be like, oh, guess yeah. your, your egg season doesn't really mean a whole right. lot. Right, right. So then that won't happen because then that would make the league look bad. I, I don't know. I, Conspir- I, we're just saying all conspiracy yeah, going on know. in the league. No, I just lead you down that path. Look, I, I think, um, you know, the Raptors, they really have the playoff experience, the championship experience. Um, but, you know, Giannis is an, it's another year. I think I, I, 
I'm just saying it now because I got to go with what I what I'm seeing. They are the best team. They've been dominant um, when it comes to the East specifically, and there's issues going on. Um, but I still wouldn't be surprised if the Sixers somehow figure it out. Um, well, the way Joel Embiid's playing right now, it's just it's about Joel and Ben playing together, and then each, it, and then Al Horford I, like. They're paying him a gajillion dollars to come off the bench. They just have a lot of issues, but they still, I'm saying all these names that have playoff experience and you just got to be in the mix, be in the mix, make it the playoffs and then boom, which maybe could be Zion. We don't know, which would be really exciting to see. We got to go to break. We could talk a whole lot more, but we will do that after the break. Hey guys, Drinks with Binks has some awesome news. We are now available in podcast format on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. So make sure that you give us a listen and then rate and subscribe. All right, welcome on back to Drinks with Binks. Me, JSB, alongside Cassidy Hubbard, and we've been talking a lot of great NBA stuff. And well, you are I mean, the my social Raptors take wasn't queen. so great. Yeah. Sorry, I'm. You know what? I'm. I'm <sighs> That was exactly what I thought because now I need to go listen to Doris nobody Burke gives and get educated. The Raptors any credit, <laughs> but whatever. I'm over it now because even as defending champs, no one cares. Okay, so uh, since you are the digital queen, oh. I asked people okay. today to submit the questions in a a very new idea. I thought this would be you know groundbreaking we'll ask we'll get people online to ask you questions so um we have part-time bro asks us what's your favorite pair of sneakers all time um uh my all-time holy grails are the bread 11s um so the jordan 11s black and red that's what bread is um it was just like you've seen the patent they have patent leather Mm -hmm. the black patent leather ones yeah yeah um they just were when i was growing up like i just thought they were the coolest shoes ever because they were shiny and they were more fashion than they were um you know basketball shoes so those will always be my holy grail Numer- numero uno okay uh worldwide wob your buddy oh asks God. why is she so bad at making nachos okay so so <laughs> so rob and i um so good friends and we uh used to host a show called buckets together and we would do you know uh, if you follow world wide wob which everyone does um you can see that he does live periscopes and we used to do live periscopes together and <laughs> on one of these par- he came over to my house we usually did it at his house and he came over to my house one day and i was like oh you want me to make you some snacks <laughs> and I, like, I said i would make him some like nachos and i just put some cheese on some chips and i put it in the oven <laughs> and so how do you make nachos yeah that's how i would make right? them as well so so but they ended up being really dry <laughs> oh the cheese just like, was just like, just like, <laughs> like crunched hard. into it yeah, yeah. And they were really bad <laughs> they're they so they're just cheesy chips they weren't nachos i think i needed more cheese maybe some more like in the, what did wob want okay <laughs> i mean did he want he wanted the pizza sour rolls because that's how he lives he he is the worst the his like his diet I don't know how he lives. Like, I don't know how he's a surviving human because he only eats pizza rolls and burritos. He won't eat any vegetables, like anything green, like right. a lettuce no, he has, in his life. He told me a story about how his mom like m- sat him down at the, at the dinner table and was like, you eat your vegetables. Or you sit here for the rest of the night. He sat there <sighs> until the morning. 
What a little shit. I like shit. that spike. That's him. Yeah, that's, that's the <laughs> wrong way. He at the dinner table because he didn't want to eat broccoli. That's exactly what I imagine him to be like. And now. And now look at him. He's still, alive and <laughs> He's still alive. He's doing great. Oh, he says he, he takes vitamins. That's what supplements it. But I don't think that's still, I'm worried. Happens. I'm worried yeah. about his well-being. I love you, Rob. Yeah, we love you. And uh, <laughs> thank you for answering those questions more next time. We got to take a quick time out. Uh, more drinks with things next. We don't have a whole lot of time left on drinks with Binks, but Cass, we uh, we got to know what it's like to be a mom and also a broadcaster. Um, exhausting, <laughs> tired all the time, but it's it's amazing. I mean, uh, I will say it was hard um, just dealing with all of the emotions and hormones. That's something people don't tell you about with pregnancy, and then like nine months after having the baby, uh, dealing with being on camera, being on air living my life of which used to be consumed with my work and my mm -hmm. husband, but my work and now introducing this whole new number one priority. So I'm still learning. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's hard being away from her, but it's, it's a blessing. I don't know how you do it because like, I mean, it's just so hard to even try to make it in your career alone, let alone being absolute star <laughs> and a mom. And you can catch Cassie Hubbard on hoop streams this weekend, Houston, at Boston. Thank you so much. Thank you. I loved being with you, Julie.